a, a brief word about Corpus Christi. <clears throat> Corpus Christi had its origins in the Middle Ages, so say a thousand years ago, as people gained an ever greater respect for the Blessed Sacrament, and as the, the consecrated religious who were not priests, the monks and sisters, religious sisters and the laity, became more and more involved in the Holy Eucharist, over time, devotional practices around the Eucharist began, such as adoration of the Blessed Sacrament and processions, etc., and that eventually gave rise to Corpus Christi, which would be the Thursday, oh, I think it's two Thursdays after Pentecost. Thursday, because Thursday was the night in which Jesus instituted the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass at the Last Supper. The U.S. bishops moved it to Sunday some time ago, but hence we have this one Sunday out of 52 in which we're in a very conscientious way focusing on both the true presence of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament and also the sacrifice of the Mass. <clears throat> okay, so a little prayer for me. I'm just, I've got a lot of balls going on at this Mass and I'm, I'm kind of tired and I've been at it nonstop. For hours already. All right. Why do we go to Mass? Why do I go to Mass? Well, we say, well, to be fed, to get something. <clears throat> okay. In what ways? Well, maybe through the homily. I go to Mass because I love Father's homilies, or I go to Mass because I love the music, or I go to Mass because that's where my friends are, and my parish has become my family, the community, in other words. I come to Mass to be fed by the Holy Eucharist, the true presence of Jesus, and I receive Him in a state of grace, and I and filled with grace. Those are four sort of positive reasons for why I would go to Mass. Two negative reasons, but they're reasons nonetheless, is if I don't go to Mass, then on Sundays I feel really agitated and upset, and just kind of all week long I feel guilty. So to avoid feeling bad about not going to Mass, I go to Mass. It's a double negative. Then the other is this, that I go to Mass because I want to suffer less in the next life. I, I don't want to go to hell, and I, and I want to suffer less in purgatory, so I go to Mass. So it's an insurance policy. All right. Those six reasons are reasons, but they're all ultimately selfish, aren't they? It's what do I get out of this? That's why I go. I do this thing because I get something out of this thing. But the real motivation for each of us in coming to Mass should be, I go to Mass not to receive, but to give. I go to Mass to love God. Whether I feel I get anything out of it or not, that's immaterial. If I go to Mass and the homily is horrible and the music was horrible and my worst enemy was sitting in the same pew with me and all that, and I just leaned into Jesus all through the Mass and loved on Him, then there is amazing grace for you. Mass does not need to feel good. We're not here for ourselves. We're here for Jesus. What is the Mass? The Mass in its core is the sacrifice. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ and Calvary. So in every Mass, of the uh, countless hundreds of thousands of Masses, or maybe millions of Masses that have been said in the last 2,000 two years, we enter into the one never-ending sacrifice of Jesus Christ in Calvary. We don't play a role what happened 2,000 years ago with Jesus on Calvary, or at the Last Supper for that matter. Rather, we literally enter into the sacrifice that Jesus instituted for us 2,000 years ago. 
The first Mass began on Thursday evening with the Last Supper, and it finished at 3 o'clock the next day, 17 hours later with the death of Jesus. First Mass was 17 hours long. It's a sacrifice. And because Jesus is God, he's not bound by the laws of time and space. And what that means is that with every Mass, we enter into the eternity of Jesus Christ. And for Jesus, Calvary and his death is perpetual. So too is his resurrection, so too is ascension. He's timeless, he's eternal. Time is captured within him. And that's how it is that we enter into the one never-ending sacrifice. If it was just a remembrance and that was it, it was we're going to play act this event from history, then the bread and wine would not become Jesus Christ. The only way it becomes Jesus Christ is if we enter into that original sacrifice. And we do because Jesus is God and eternal. And we do that in the Mass. So, why did the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. John the Apostle and those other holy women accompany Jesus to Calvary and get underneath his cross while he's being crucified there? It wasn't to be fed. They were there to love on Jesus, to support Jesus in his sacrifice. And that's why we're supposed to be here too. That yes, it's wonderful when we come to Mass and there's something that we can feel an effect, uh, you know, a word or a prayer or a, an encounter with somebody or the music or, I don't know, whatever it is, and we feel, oh, we feel good about that. But that's not why we're supposed to be here. We're supposed to be here like Mary and John and the others, or the other holy women at the foot of the cross for Jesus to love on him because of who he is and what it is that he's done for us. That's why we're here. Now let me talk about the importance of this sacrifice. If priests don't give sacrifice to God, then the human race is. We say, what are you talking about? From the very beginning, when we go back to Genesis, God creates Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve are booted out of the Garden of Eden. And Adam offers a sacrifice to God. Adam is the first priest. The very first human being is a priest. The sacrifice to God must take place. If it doesn't, then the sustainer of our lives will end the sustenance. So creatures owe their creator and their sustainer sacrifice. You and I might do myriad millions of different things in this world, but that sacrifice to God through the priest must happen. And if it doesn't happen, then God takes all the oxygen out of the air and we all die right now. It's that important. Adam's first two sons, Cain and Abel, offered sacrifice. They were priests too. Then Cain murdered Abel, Cain was exiled, and now Adam and Eve had Seth who offered sacrifice, another priest. And then it continues on to Noah. Noah gets off the ark and offers sacrifice to God. And then it continues on with Melchizedek and Lot and Abraham and his sons getting to Moses offering the sacrifice. And then finally the establishment of the Levitical priesthood. This whole ruling tribe, not a ruling tribe, but a priestly tribe whose job it is to offer the sacrifice on behalf of the salvation of the human race. Without it we all perish. And they do. And then Jesus comes. 
And he takes away the old sacrifice, which was done with animals and, and, and uh, stones and piles of sticks to burn uh, and offer that up to God, etc. And he takes all that away and he goes, I'm going to be the victim now. I'm going to be both the minister of the sacrifice, the high priest, and I'm going to be the literal sacrifice or the offering itself. And you must do this until the end of time. There must be priests who will offer the sacrifice within the Mass until the end of the world. And if that ends, then the world will end. It's that important. Why did Jesus do the sacrifice? Why did he sacrifice himself? The two reasons are this. For the greater glory of God and the redemption of the human race. Meaning, making salvation for us possible. In that first one, everything that God does reflects his glory. If you're infinite with no end, your sparkles never end. They go out and out and out with no end. Everything you do is glory. Everything you it's impossible not to be glorious when you create roses. When you create a sunset. But the greatest of all of the glorified things that God has ever done was when the Word became flesh and died on Calvary for us. That was the most glorious thing that God has ever done. More glorious than creating the billions of angels or, the, or heaven or earth or all on the earth or the universe. The greatest, most glorious thing God has ever done was when God died for you and me in our sins. There is nothing more glorious than that. There's also nothing more loving than that, that nothing can ever compare to that love, that infinity loved us to death. And then the second reason is for our redemption, so that we might be saved if we unite ourselves to him in the sacrifice. So, we're not saved until we die and go to heaven, right? But redeemed means that we can be saved in baptism, in communion with Jesus, in a holy life. And here is the sacrifice that makes the greater glory of God possible and the redemption of the human race possible. Which leads to this, that ever since Adam offered that first sacrifice after being booted out of the Garden of Eden, to the very last priest at the end of time who offers Mass, right before the second coming of Jesus. That every sacrifice represents power. The power to stay alive. And the power to do amazing things. In a Mass, if I come to Mass and I'm focused on Jesus... And I don't allow the team of horses that wants to run off and gallop across the wild rest in my mind. I stay focused on Jesus. And just like Mary and John and the rest under the cross of Christ. And I'm going to love on Jesus. I'm going to focus on Jesus. Then power is released. Great power. Power to affect positive, permanent change in our lives. For ourselves, maybe it's whatever it is. Lord, I have this really serious health problem. 
I'm going to come to Mass. I'm going to give it to you in Calvary. I'm going to focus and love on you. And this is the thing. If you could take this offering with you to the Father in Heaven, that would be great. Maybe He won't take away the sickness. Maybe He will. Maybe in His time. But maybe He'll give you the grace to bear it. Because that sickness is your cross that leads to your salvation. And He doesn't want to take it away from you. Because your salvation is far more important than your comfort in this world. Or maybe it's my marriage is not good. My spouse, it's always the other's fault, right? My spouse is bad and blah, 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 blah. Will you please change my spouse, etc. And maybe God will. Maybe God will. Or maybe God will change you. And then now you can live with your spouse in peace because God changed you. Because when you came to Mass, you did it in total love for Him and for no gain of yourself. Maybe it's a child or it's a grandchild. And you pray for them that they get their life turned around and all that. And you're offering the sacrifice. This offering in the sacrifice of the Mass. And you see no progress. But the miracle was that they didn't take their life. And they would have if you didn't come here and give him your love in the sacrifice. But you had no idea it was going to be that bad. The miracles are amazing. They're amazing. But they're not for us to know what they are. And they're not, they're certainly not for us to control. That's his business. When Mary and John and the holy women accompanied Jesus up Calvary, got underneath the cross, great graces were released from heaven upon them. What about the other 11 priests? One was killing himself. And the other ten, including the first Pope Peter, were bawling their eyes out as cowards and receiving what? Shame and guilt. And by the grace of God, they had used that shame and guilt to turn it into courage and strength to never again fall like that. The sacrifice of what Jesus has done for us in the Mass is in a testimony. We simply could not live without it. Literally, we could not live without it. So be aware of this. Be aware of this reality. And when we come to Mass, come to Mass for Him. It's wonderful if we think that we're fed and we get something out of it, but do not have that as an expectation. Because inevitably the homily will be bad, the music will be bad, the community will be bad. I won't feel like I got anything out of the Eucharist. Inevitably, the selfish reasons will not work. We come to Mass to love Jesus, to worship Him, to adore Him, to praise Him, to thank Him, and to offer Him something to take with Him to the Father. And if that's the case, he will work miracles in your life. And through you, miracles into the lives of other people. Know what it is that we behold. We behold God upon this altar. The everlasting, never beginning, never ending, infinite God. That is incredible. Utterly incredible. So today, love Jesus. Just simply, Lord, when I come to Mass, help me to love you. Help me to realize what's going on. Help me to love you every time. Lord, when I'm selfish, when I'm distracted, help me to, to focus 
on what's really important, you, and to love you in this Mass. And Lord, here is my offering. Here is my offering. You do with it as you please. If we could all get to that place, and I honestly admit that I struggle to be there all the time too. If we can get to that place, then God will move heaven and earth for you.